Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. We're now going to spend some time looking at God's Word together as well. Over the last few uh, weeks and months, we have been looking through the book of 1 John together, looking at how we can walk in the goodness of God's love as we see his love for us and how he calls us to mirror his love out to those around us. And we're continuing in that theme today as we come to look at 1 John chapter 4 together. And um, there are sermon notes for those of you who are here in the building, if you'd like to follow along as we look at the Bible passage together this morning. Um, If you're online, we've not forgotten about you. If you like technology, we've not forgotten about you. You can find the sermon notes on a a digital format rather than on a paper format um, on the Church Hub. So just go to the Church website, click on Hub, click on the Resources section, and you'll find them there for you. Um, But before we go any further, let's um, pray together, and then we'll look at God together this morning. Father God, we thank you for the privilege that it is to be able to gather together. We thank you for the joy that it is to be able to gather around your word, to be able to fix our eyes on you, to be able to hear what you are saying, not just to us individually, but to us as a community, to us as your people here in your church. And so, Lord God, we come before you individually and corporately. And Lord, we desire and we long to hear from you. So, Lord, would you come and would you speak? As we, as we gather around your word, Lord, we open ourselves again. Our hearts, our minds are open to you, that we might once again see your, you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so this morning we are looking at 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 7 um, so, and go through to the end of the chapter. So if you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn to that with me. Um, alternatively, hopefully, all being well with the technology, the words will appear on the screen. But let's listen to uh, 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us. His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Son of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment in this world. We are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not in love. love, because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates his brother or sister, is a liar. But whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Amen. Be said, if you show me your five friends, I will show you who you will be. Love has the power to be able to influence us both for good and for bad. When I was growing up, there was a, a group of lads who were all being touted as having great football ability and they had great talent. They were picked up by professional youth teams chance of going professional as they continued to develop their skills, such as anyone has a chance of going professional as a young footballer. However, a number of these guys decided that oh, fell into a crowd of friends that didn't spend their time playing football or doing the things that they would otherwise be doing to be an elite sportsman. Instead, they spent their weekends socializing, hanging out with girls, smoking, drinking. And some of these guys followed the same course as their friends. Despite their talent and still pursuing their passion for football, these young guys went this, down this same path as those around them and never progressed in any further in football. There are many other stories where the opposite is true, where young pe often young people who are facing a crucial junction in their lives are surrounded by good influences and their lives are transformed as a result of the love that has been by those around them. To imitate those who we Two of my uh, closest friends are Manchester United fans. And uh, we've had quite a lot of banter and friendly rivalry over the years. When Leeds United got relegated, they opened a bottle of champagne. Um, ever since Sir Alex Ferguson got uh, left, I've been having lots of fun telling them how rubbish they are. Um, I don't approve of their football uh, in their football team, but I will continue to love them anyway, regardless of it. I'm that kind of gracious guy. Anyway... Uh, because I've been having lots of fun winding my friends up about how bad Manchester United have been doing, I've watched some videos on the internet of former Manchester United players saying how bad Manchester United have been doing at the moment, and I find it all quite funny. However, Facebook seems to now think that I've become a Manchester United fan. I don't know what it is with Facebook. They've got this cryptic power to be able to read our minds, but every time I click on Facebook, uh, it comes up with something from a Man United fan forum that I have absolutely 
absolutely no interest in. Telling me how great Cristiano Ronaldo is. He's all right. Uh, it tells me how bad Harry Maguire is, but it curiously never tells me how long it's been since Manchester last competitively really competed for a, uh, for a trophy. But draw a line under that one. Show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you who you will become. I may not yet be a Manchester United fan, uh, but I certainly know a lot more about Manchester United now than I would do if it weren't for my friends. Where we spend our time, where we invest our relationships, where we place our love will determine the direction of our lives. And, it is, and it's this truth that John is picking up in this passage of his letter to the church that we've this morning. John wants to know that God is love. But as we invest in our relationship with him, encounter his love that he has for us, we will be shaped by his love. We will begin to imitate his love for us. John devotes this first section of his to proclaiming the character of God. As he says, God is love. God doesn't have love. is instead love. He's defined by love, not an act. Who God is. He doesn't just love a little bit. He doesn't love some people. He doesn't just love when he's got time to. He doesn't just love when we deserve it. God is defined by love, and love is defined by God. In other words, there is nothing in God that is loving. To see the purest, fullest expression of love, you just need to look to God and to look to Jesus. John tells us how God revealed his love for us he says this, this is how God showed his love. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a atoning sacrifice for our sins. God loved and he gets involved in our lives. He's not just a casual bystander of loving the minds. Last week, we talked about love needing to be put into action. And that's exactly what God does. He puts his love into action by sending Jesus to our world. Onto him, that we might reveal more his love for us. May we know that God is love and that God is you. He wants to reveal his love in your life. Whether you think you deserve it or not, whether you need it or not, God loves you. And he's not just going to stand by lines. He is not going to give trying to reveal his love into your life. God is love, and he has revealed his love.
then that means that we can encounter him in our life today and we can encounter him through Jesus. And so if we can see and encounter God's love, can I encourage us to take a look at Jesus afresh that we might be able to see again the love that he has for us. Read the Gospels. Let's look at them again. See the life that Jesus lived and the way that he showed love for them. Let's notice the way that Jesus loved those who followed him. The friendship that was so deep that his disciples would literally lay down their lives for him. Notice the love that Jesus had and those who were in need. He didn't offer judgment, but instead he gave life, hope, compassion, healing, and restoration. Instead of staying distant from the broken, near to them. Who were untouchable. He gave time to those no one else had time for. He ate those no one would ever consider him with and spend time with. Also, God's love that is sacrificial. Jesus came not only to reveal how he lived, but he came to reveal God's love in how he died. God sent Jesus as a sacrifice for sins, Jesus tells us, John tells us. Our sin, our failures, our had all become a barrier between us and encountering the fullness of God's love. They put a barrier between us and God, and therefore couldn't fully experience the love of who God is. But Jesus was not willing to stand on the sidelines whilst we were kept apart from the fullness of wonder and the goodness of God's love. Instead, he took the burden of our mistakes. And through death and resurrection, he that we might once again know God, that we might once again know the goodness of his love for us. This was no God gave his one and only son for you. Jesus sacrificed and laid down his life for you, that you might know his love. God is love. There is nowhere that he would not go for you. He loves you not because you deserve it, not because you've done something to earn it, loves you just because of who you are. He loves you because he is love. He loves you because he can do nothing else. God is love. May we once again catch a glimpse of God's love for us. May we know him for who he is. May we look to Jesus and see the love that he has shown for us. And as we encounter his love, let's draw near to him that there are no longer any barriers between us. Because of Jesus, we can walk in the goodness of God's love. We encounter who his love then will start to rub off on us. And once 
as a church imitate the God who is love by in the way that we show love to others. Imitating God's love means that put our love into action just as God has put his love into action for us. We will start to make sacrifices as we imitate the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. We, so too, we will lay down, things down for others and love to those around us. Love and sacrifice are hallmarks of being a follower of Jesus, of being a disciple and an authentic encounter of the God who is love. But why should we imitate God's love? Why not just receive his love and then carry on the thing? Well, John gives us three reasons we start to imitate God's love as we encounter him for ourselves. And the first of these is out of an attitude of gratitude. John encourages us in verse 11 that since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Not only do we receive God's love, but as we receive it, we should love those around us. Our motive for love comes out of gratitude, out of thanksgiving and praise for what we have already received. If you ask me to give a gift to someone of 100 pounds to someone, I might be generous, but I might be a bit reluctant to give a hundred pounds. One, you're telling me to do it rather than me wanting to do it. But what is my motive for wanting to give that gift to someone else? However, if he said to me, Matt, would you give a gift of 200 pounds to someone? And I thought, well, do you know what? I could give a gift of 200 pounds because someone's already given me a thousand pounds and it would be a way of passing on the blessing, passing on the love to someone else. I would be much more able and much more likely to give as I'm giving out of a sense of gratitude for what I have already received and showing the love that I've received onto the love that I'm giving to others. To take God's love, we too need to be motivated by gratitude. But God has blessed us with a gift far greater than a thousand pounds. We have received the greatest priceless gift we could ever receive. We have received the love of God. Our motive is not to give out of obedience. Our motive is not to give and to love because we have to or, or even because we want to. Our motive is not to give or to love because we can afford to. Our motive is to give and to love out of an attitude of gratitude for what we have already received. We love because we have been loved. This week, I wonder how you embrace an attitude of gratitude. How might you see the love that God has you and has shown for you in your life and respond of love for those around you? How might an attitude of gratitude affect your friendships? How might an attitude of gratitude affect how you manage your time and use your time? How might an attitude of gratitude 
consider how you use your finances and the resources that you have been blessed with. Do you show love to God and those around you out of a sense of obligation or out of a sense of gratitude for all God has already given to you? As we encounter the God of love, help but have an attitude of gratitude for the love that has shown to us. So as we imitate God's love, we also imitate God's love, sorry, the response is love. We love because he first loved us. He tells us that we will never out-love God. We'll never be able to step out of the shadow of his love. No matter how much love you, uh, we are able to give and demonstrate, God will always have more love to give. We've sung it this morning, but we are indebted to God's love. Indebted not with a burden that we're trying to pay off, we'll never be able to pay off, but we're indebted with a a blessing that has been freely and graciously given that we get to lavish in even though we've never done anything to deserve it. We love because God first loved us. So this week, how might you be first to love? Who this week can you show love to, not because they loved you first, but because you first loved them? That really awkward, annoying person in the church, in the office. Uh, How might you first love them? The noisy and the difficult neighbor, how might you be the first person to love them? Not because they've loved you, but because you've loved them. At church, here amongst us, the person that you go, I'm going to sit over there, or the person you just find who's totally different to you person who is, uh, has different opinions to you, the different per- the person you just find difficult to be around uh, with all people, there's different relationships. But rather than thinking, how can I avoid that? How about we think about how can I be the best person to love them? How can I love them even if they don't necessarily love me? This week, how might you be the first to love? How might you love of what you've received, but because of what you can give. And this love just has to be seen within church family. John tells us in verse 11, since God loved us, we also ought to love another. There is no place for disunity. No place for conflict in the church. There is certainly no place for resentment or will in the church. We cannot love God and hate our brothers and sisters. The two are incompatible. The two are impossible. The one command we've been given is that we love God and we love one another. As a church family, we all know that different people have different personalities and all that. We know different people have different ideas about different things. Some people want to see one thing happen Another group want another thing to happen, and all of a sudden there's a tension that we have to manage together. 
tensions can very easily then become tribalized as one says, this is what I think, and they say, a group of people say, I think that. A person says, I think this, and another group of people think that. And we get tribes competing to one, against one another. And then all of a sudden, tribes clash, and there becomes conflict, and there's a breakdown of love. If we are to imitate the love of Jesus, we need to be really careful that we love one another. I assure you, we will never all agree on everything. I assure you, everyone here will have different ideas, different priorities about what they would like to see happen in our church, in our community, in our own individual lives. But let's never let these differences lead to a of love. In all our differences, it is the, in those loving relationships where our faith is formed, where our character homes. So let's not give up loving one another. Because if we commit to loving one another, we will only ever build one another up rather than tearing one another down. And as we build one another love, we inevitably start to imitate the God who is love. And finally, we should start to imitate God's love because we have the responsibility to reveal God and his love to those around us. In verse 12, John says, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete. No one has ever seen God, but through his love living and working in us, his love is made complete, and his love is revealed through us. Our love is testimony that we can share. As we love one another, God lives in us, and we live in him. This week, how will people see the God of love in you? In the office, will they see the God of love in you this week? In your kids, will your spouse, will your partner, your housemates see the God who is love? you. In our church, we're together this morning as we go and serve and love the community around us in the places where God has placed us. Will people see the God who is love in you? We carry a great responsibility and a huge privilege as people who have encountered the love of God. Through us, God is revealed. Not only are we loved by God, but through our love for God and our showing of his love, God himself is revealed. Let's draw near to him. Let's open our lives to him that everyone might, want again, that might see and encounter the love of God through us. If you have, or show me your closest friends, I may or I may not be able to show you or tell you who you will be able to become. But the one thing I do know 
is that if you know the God who is love, I know who you will become. You have love, you are loved by God. And as you experience his love for you, you will start to imitate his love for you. So may we once again know the God who is love. May we respond to his love with gratitude in our hearts. May we love one another as he has loved us. And may we go and reveal the God who is love to all those around us, that they too may see and know God in us and know his love for themselves. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for who you are, that you are love. And Lord, this morning we pray again that we would get a fresh revelation of the love that you not only have, but the love that you are, for who you are and all that you have done for us. Lord, we pray that you would help us to continue to imitate your love, that we might love as you have loved us. Lord, fill our hearts with gratitude for the love that you have shown to us. And Lord, help us to be grateful and thankful for that love and show that love to those around us that we might respond out of gratitude rather than selfishness. Lord, we pray you would help us to continue to love one another, to recognize the, the blessing of the love that you have poured upon us and be able to show that to those around us. Lord, we pray particularly for ourselves as a church community. Fill us again with your love. Lord, we pray that there would be no conflict, no uh, breakdown of love amongst us. And that you would keep us united and together as we stand together in the wonder of your love. And Lord God, you have revealed your love to us, and Lord, you want to use us to reveal your love to those around us. So whether it's throughout what we're doing this week, whether it's what we're doing as a church family here together in this place, Lord, we pray that we will continue to be your people, showing and revealing the love of who you are to those around us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.